the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. Great phone calls in the first hour of the program. Let's continue those as we are guest-free in hour number two on this Monday, the eighth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Going to pivot away from the uh, energy, intentional energy crisis, uh, but I will take one more phone call on it because TJ was hanging in there and wants to talk about petroleum, and I'm going to switch to this mandate and the attack on all of our liberties. But TJ in Cleveland's been sitting there since hour one, so let's finish that topic off now. TJ, good morning. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, Bob, you stole my thunder with the petroleum, and you're absolutely right. Everything, everything we touch in our house is a petroleum byproduct. But, you know, Charlie's call made me think of something else. What's that? You know, I did a lot of research on electric batteries, and what I've discovered, these batteries, the colder it gets, the more efficiency they lose. Now, you take a day where it's 2 or 3 degrees outside, you have already lost up to 40% of your efficiency before you even get in the car. Now you're going to drive to work, and you've already, like I said, 40% efficiency lost. You're going to turn your defrosters on, your heaters, your lights, your windshield wipers, your radios. You're not going to get anywhere near 300 miles uh, uh, for that. And these 300 miles you're talking, these are under perfect classroom conditions. And it's no different, Bob, than a gasoline engine. Remember, you buy a new car, and they show you on a sticker the estimated uh, gas mileage. You never yeah. reach it, do you? No, of course because, not, ever. Right, because it's all under classroom conditions. Uh, all these electric cars right now are nothing but toys for the elite. Oh, and then they also said it's not just cold temperatures. Extremely high temperatures will kill that battery's life uh, time long before it's due. And they recommend that... You don't keep your car outside if you're not driving it. If it's real cold or real hot, put it in a climate-controlled garage. How many people can afford a climate-controlled garage 
to keep their electric vehicle and you know to well you're gonna you're way. gonna have to you're gonna have to have one uh you know a garage if not quote unquote climate controlled i suppose any indoor indoor garage can be called climate controlled just that it keeps you out of the worst of the elements but the point is it has to be charged in a 440 uh uh, uh or, or 220 or a 440 i can't remember whatever outlet so it has to be charged and and that's going to be done inside your garage unless you're going to have one of those and your cable uh running outside to, you know from the outside of your garage into your driveway which most people would not do no, and then what I'm saying, Bob, climate control, you know, most people have a garage that's not attached to the house. Uh, okay, if it's two degrees outside, you may not have a wind chill factor in your garage, but it's still two degrees yeah, in your garage. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. If you have, if you have a detached garage, a garage, that's very true. Uh, you know, if you've got an attached garage, even if you don't heat it per se, it's attached to the house and the, the, you know, the connecting wall is heated and so on. It raises the temperature a little bit. But your point is a right one, TJ, and that is exactly right. But the reality of it is... This is coming. Ford Motor Company has announced, essentially, they are going full on to the electrical car, electric car uh, wave. Uh, this isn't just going to be a Tesla thing anymore for the rich and the and the you know and the the playboys. This is going to be reality. They already have, uh, you know, a um, uh, uh, a Mustang. SUV that is all electric that gets, they say, some 300 miles uh, to the charge for a full charge. Uh, it's extremely powerful as a Mustang, a regular gas-powered, you know, uh, Mustang combustion engine is. It, it goes from zero to 40 or 60 in like, you know, whatever seconds. It's super powerful. They're, they're in on this. Um, every car manufacturer is getting behind this now. And the real thing that they don't consider, TJ, and thank you for the phone call, is everything you just said about the conditions the batteries must be kept in, the driving conditions. I mentioned driving in uh, uh, traffic jams. You mentioned driving in cold weather, and you're exactly right, too. Using the heater, using the radio, using all of the toys inside, drain that battery further. Um, and so, you know, and, and the part that I get, you know, really frustrated that nobody talks about either is what happens to the electric grid when, you know, tens of millions of electric cars become hundreds of millions of electric cars all throughout this country. And it's four o'clock. It's five o'clock. Work just let out. And everybody's going home and plug it in to charge it up for the next day. Electric grid is going to crash extraordinarily and nobody talks about that they're going to have to spend trillions to upgrade the electric grid just to be able to have these uh electric cars and again the batteries themselves are are very short shelf life shelf lived shelf lifed trying to figure out how to say that best but at any rate, they have a very short shelf life. They're going to have to be replaced in six to eight years. So you have your car, you spend a ton of money for this electric car, and you say, well, I'm going to save all of that money back in gas. I don't have to fill up gas. I just have to plug my car in. First of all, you realize you pay for the electricity, right? And you realize that when the electricity is in such extraordinarily high demand, when everybody is doing the same thing, your electric bill is going to go through the roof. And then when you have to buy a new car battery in six years to replace your now a uh, dead one uh, it's going to cost you around 8 to 10 to 12,000 dollars for a new one and what happened to all those savings that you saved in gas you're pouring it into the new battery that you're going to have to finance nobody thinks about these things nobody talks about these things nobody talks about like i said what that's going to do to the electric grid when everybody is plugging in at the same time and then what happens when you have a power outage anybody think about that 
We have had days, or excuse me, uh, storms that have knocked out power for sometimes two, three, four days. Everything grinds to a halt because nobody can drive to work because of the power outage and all of our electric cars are sitting in the garage, not running. I mean, think about that. Nobody taught, you know, the, the, this, and, and the other part, the last part, and I did a really long show, about an hour, an hour's worth of a show about this, I don't know, six months ago. And that is the materials that are used to build these batteries. The amount of minerals uh, and the types of minerals that are used in the building of these batteries have to be mined in extraordinary levels and extraordinary amounts just to meet the demand right now of electric cars that are out there. Wait until they try to convert all combustion engines into electric engines on every car, every truck, every boat, I guess, right? Boat boat fuel going to be replaced by, by electric batteries? I, we'll see. And so I guess somehow they, they plan on, on, on 757s flying on, on electric power, not on jet fuel, right? Anyway, I don't want to digress too far from that. The point of the matter is the batteries that they're talking about that would need to be built for the entire country to pretty much convert over from combustion engines to, to electrical engines requires uh, more minerals and more elements like cobalt and other things, uh, and I did a whole series on this, um, than this country could ever, ever hope to produce. We have to rely on foreign countries to send children, and that's what they're doing right now, in the poorest countries where the land the, 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 is very deep and rich with these types of minerals, these types of, of um, uh, products that are necessary, essentially, to build a, 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 an electric battery. All of these things uh, are, are in the poorest countries, and what they do is they take the poorest people and they put their four- and five-year-old children down into the ground and they tell them dig and come up with more of the material. It is A, human right abusive, and it is, B, going to do just as much, if not more, damage to the earth digging for those materials as it does digging for coal and mining for coal. The same exact assault on the earth, if you want to use the alarmist terminology, will go on if we, are, if we convert to fully electric engines anyway. And we will be beholden to foreign countries, we will be encouraging and aiding and abetting the abuse of children and the poorest people going down there in the most unbelievably dangerous conditions. These kids are coming out of there with, with black lung disease by the time they're nine. All of these things are going on and nobody cares. Let's just get to the electric cars that are, because that will save the environment. Electric cars will save the planet. Electric cars, electric cars, electric cars. And I'm sad to say that American car makers are buying into this all in just like many others. And that's a problem. All right. That took a lot longer than I wanted it to, but I did. TJ made some very good points, and we needed to do it. So let's take our time, time out here, and then we'll come back and talk about that mandate, and we'll talk about what used to be a free country and what it will take for us to become one again. I'll be right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store.
killing me here. You know that. <clears throat> I really want to get onto the mandate, and I keep looking at the call screen, and people want to talk more about the um, about the electric car issue because Jennifer Granholm and the Biden administration are literally laughing at you as they tell you, "Yep." Your gas prices are going to continue to rise, and nope, there's nothing we can do about it. We don't control it. OPEC controls it. And we all we can do is call on OPEC to increase production, and they've said, no, we're not going to increase production. So there you are. And yep, it is going to cost you a lot more to heat your home this winter. That's going to happen. That's reality. And you know what? That's your fault. You didn't embrace enough Democrats to pass the Green New Deal so we can get off of fossil fuels altogether and get onto the, um, uh, the clean, renewable energy of solar and wind. I mean, this is the reality of it. And so now people are talking, you know, they're trying, like, trying to replace the internal combustion engine, all of the things that use oil and petroleum, uh, natural gas. They're, they've cut down, shut down fracking on federal land so that you can't uh, get enough get natural gas to heat your home unless you are willing to pay out the nose for it. And now here comes the giant push for, like I said, for, uh, uh, you know, clean, renewable and electric engines. I... Um, I did this show back in, I want to say, May. It's been a bit. Like I said, maybe six months-ish. Um, but there was a, a special, believe it or not, there was a, a documentary-style special on child labor used to make the batteries for electric cars in cobalt mines in other countries, in third-world countries, in what President Trump so kindly described as blank hole countries. And believe it or not, this was on CNN. I blew my mind. CNN allowed this special to air on their airwaves. Like I said, I saw it around, I don't know if it was the first airing or if it was you know replayed, but, but I saw it around six months ago, and I came on the air and I played for you a number of the clips um, about the, from that special that show how extraordinarily dangerous it is and difficult it is to, to mine the materials that are needed to make electric cars and how it can do just as much damage to the earth as mining for coal could ever do, which is what they're telling us we have to stop. Except for the fact that the battery factories to make these electric car batteries they're coal-powered factories. So you got to dig for the coal. <laughs> you got to dig for the coal to power the plant that's going to build the engines that are supposed to make you not have to rely on coal and other natural fossil fuels. Think about the insanity of that. Welcome back. Battery-powered electric cars are fueling the clean energy revolution. But a CNN investigation has uncovered a very dirty secret. Children working in dark and dangerous conditions where the battery's key component is mined. Well, CNN award-winning reporter Nem Elbaga joins me now with her alarming report. And I don't have the time to do this again, to play this entire thing for you, but there was about eight clips that I had for you that really, that CNN of all places actually did. I give, you know, I'm a big enough man to say that, you know, when the, I don't want to say when the devil does something right, but that'd be a little bit extreme. But even when the, the worst among us actually do the right thing, I will give them credit for doing it. And CNN did shine a spotlight on this and how dangerous it is for the planet and for the children that are forced to go down there and do this in order to uh, make sure that you can have your Tesla or you can have your Leaf or you can have your uh, Chevy Volt or now that it's coming, you can have your electric everything that is being made in all of the uh, 
uh, in it's part of the future plans now with pretty much all of the auto manufacturers. All right, I wanted to get to the uh, like I said into the um, into the mandate, but I got a ton of people who want to talk about these cars, so let's do it. Tom is in Florida. Tom, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, go ahead. Yes, I'm here. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. Um, can I just say to my friend uh, Mark in Fairview, I told him I would say hello if I got on the radio. All right, you got a little he shout out to Mark in Fairview. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. Well, you know, you're not saying the one thing when you don't. Well, they tax our gas, gasoline for roads. They don't, so they're going to have to tax mileage front everybody, and that's the other goal they're looking for. They're already. That's already in the works. I think that's already in. Is that not yeah. in the? Uh, is that not in the? Um, uh, the uh, uh, budget reconciliation bill. I thought there was a mileage tax I, I for every mile you drive over a certain amount. Right, and I and I kind of agree with this. So I think it's um, the same thing. There's there's other ways they're trying to tax us left and right. And down yeah. here in Florida, my daughter told me it's been there for ten years. She says your car battery dad won't last as long as it did up north. Because of the heat. I believe that. I believe that. Because every time you get in that electric car and you, you know, go on a, a trip or a, or a commute even, uh, you're probably going to have that air on. And every time you use the other things that suck the battery out of your regular car battery now, even in a combustion engine, it's going to be coming out of that uh, that battery. And, yeah, it's going to shorten the shelf life of that battery. There's no doubt about it. Right. And they're right on that. And I know you have a lot of other people to talk, so I'll, I just want to ask them those okay. are the things I wanted to bring up to let you know. My pleasure. Tom, you know. thank you. Appreciate the call, always from Florida. Uh, David in LaGrange, a little closer to home here. David, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yes, Bob, I agree with you about what's going on with these batteries. And anything the left does, whether it's battery-powered cars, the mandate, the border crisis, they, and, and they, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. They're assault on the Second Amendment. They know what they're doing. They want this country destroyed. It's obvious. They're not stupid. They know what they're doing, and that's their intention is to bring this country down. I have no doubt in my mind that that is their intention, David. I agree with you 100%. This is what they want to do because the only way to build the kind of kind of country they believe in, which is a socialist-slash-Marxist uh, uh, country, is to tear down the free market capitalist country that exists. How do you tear down a free market capitalist country? You make it unaffordable to live. Not to buy things that are luxury items, to live, to heat your home, power your vehicles, do your jobs, maintain industry, maintain the economy you tear all of that down and then they can put the government in charge which is of course what what socialism is all about big government controlling the means of production and the means of distribution because the people uh, are supposed to be subservient to big government that's the reality you still there yeah and, and 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 they know the constitution very well they know it very well and i yeah. think a lot of these politicians are compromised somehow some way well, I, you know, most of them are, I would say. I don't know that I would say all. And yes, they know the Constitution very well because in order to tear us down, they have to know what its loopholes are. And that's what they do. They know it. They don't approve of it. They don't abide by it. They don't, they don't, uh, uh, follow up on their oath to it, but they do know it. Absolutely they do. And they know what they can try to do to poke holes in it and again, eventually render it null and void. That's, there's no other way. Thanks, David, for the call. There is no other way to see this. I, I, I don't think I'm being I don't think I'm being overly dramatic here, and I don't think I'm being, you know, uh, intentionally. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, I'm not fear-mongering, and I'm not trying to be an alarmist, I think is the word I wanted there. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I don't think I am. I'm telling you there's no other way to view the current policies of this country other than it's an attempt to tear it down in order to build it back up with the power control freaks that we know that are behind all of this in charge. Globalists, virtually all of them, globalists, not nationalists. And that's why they have such a, such a, uh, you know, an intention of decrying nationalism as being racism. You can't be a nationalist without being a white nationalist, they say. That means means you're a racist, and they have to drive you into the corner, drive you out of the public eye, take your white nationalist ideals elsewhere, because that is the kind of thing that would get in the way of their plans. Nationalism nationalism is not white, uh, white nationalism. Nationalism simply means two words that Donald Trump used to help drive this country to great places for four years. Nationalism simply means America first. That's it. America first. Our nation comes first because that's where we are and that's what our allegiance should be to. Once we assure ourselves that we are in the best possible place, do we help others? Absolutely. We're the greatest force for good around the globe in the history of humankind. But we have to be America first. We have to do what's right for these people first. That's what nationalism is. And its opposite, its polar opposite is globalism. And that is we're going to let, where we are going to let people in other countries that are doing it wrong tell us how to do it here and how we are all going to have to share and sacrifice our resources and our successes and our technology with people around the globe for the betterment of humankind, except for the fact that it will only enslave humankind as socialism and Marxism and communism have done throughout history. It enslaves and it kills. It does not uplift. And I'll be right back. sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right 1038 let's go brandon uh 216-901-0945 the numbers to call if you're on hold at those numbers right now i'm going to ask you to stay there and bear with me as i make sure i get this in before the end of the show today um, Joe Biden, as you know, uh, we talked about this on Friday, has said that OSHA will indeed uh, mandate all Americans who work for a company that has 100 employers or more get jabbed or lose your job. That's the reality. Immediately after making that announcement on Friday, lawsuits started being filed. They have already been filed uh, by state attorneys general, by state governors, by private enterprises, uh, by 501c3s. And they've already been, they've already been successful. In two different states, we have had two different judges, uh, federal judges, uh, issue stays, if you will, or injunctions against that order. 
which is scheduled to take effect on January 4th. I'm proud to say and happy to say, while I'm not always thrilled with everything Ohio Republicans do, that Attorney Attorney General Dave Yost joined one of the lawsuits against the Biden administration and said this on Laura Ingram. It's absolutely not correct. Look, the president is not our nanny, he's not our doctor, and he's not the Congress. Laws are written by elected representatives, not by executive fiat. Furthermore, Congress did not delegate that much authority in the OSHA Act to reach this far. This is supposed to be about workplace limitations, a a railing to keep you from falling off the scaffolding, uh, protections around a chromium pit or an acid vat. Not something that's everywhere in the world. When you walk out of the workplace, it's still there no matter where you go. The school, the church, the, the shopping mall. This isn't a workplace issue. It's a public health issue. And just like everything else that this uh, administration is doing, he's trying to pound a uh, round peg into a square hole. Now- So that's Attorney General Dave Yost describing why he joined with the uh, lawsuit in the Sixth Circuit filed by Kentucky, along with Tennessee, West Virginia, Idaho, and Oklahoma. Texas filed in the Fifth Circuit, joined by Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Utah. Missouri in the Eighth, joined by Nebraska, Arkansas, Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota, New Hampshire, Arizona, Montana, Alaska, Wyoming, and Florida in the Eleventh, joined by Georgia and Alabama. You would think that when you have the majority of the states coming out against this ridiculous, unconstitutional mandate, then it might give you pause. But then again, if you thought that, you wouldn't be Brandon. If you're Brandon, you see and you hear uh, the complaining about people, and you see these are people who don't want me to have ultimate authority and power in this country, and I'm not going to accept that. It's not about public health. It is not about science. We all know that. Do you have your T-shirt yet? It's about compliance. You will comply. Because that is what we order you to do. And if you are one of the 66 million uh, adults or eligible adults, now they have, of course, expanded this to 5 to 11-year-olds. But if you're one of the 66 million of those, and now what, 28 million of the children 5 to 11 who have not gotten your jab yet, then you must comply. That is exactly what they are saying. It's about compliance which is why I played this for you earlier in the broadcast. Got to do more to vaccinate the 66 million unvaccinated people in America. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. That's how it's supposed to be, and it took our 40th president. That, by the way, was his farewell address, January 11, 1989. Uh, We have to go back, you know, six presidents in order to understand that, because the current president, President Brandon, uh, believes that it is your responsibility to do what the state tells you. Now, I want to give you this, because I think it's kind of important, to be frank. Um, There is an unlikely leader that I think a lot of us need to pay attention to right now in fighting this mandate, in fighting this this order. Now, first of all, thank you to A.G. Yost, all of the AGs, all of the governors across the country who are fighting this in the legal perspective, but from the court of public opinion perspective, 
from our own personal perspectives. There's an unlikely hero that I think we need to start paying attention to. And how do we know he's a hero? Because the left has made him a villain. That's how. And I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the best players to ever play the position. But that's not what I'm talking about here. You know the Aaron Rodgers story by now. And if you don't, I'll just share it with you briefly. Aaron Rodgers has been uh, diagnosed with COVID. He tested positive for COVID, which shouldn't be a big deal, except for the fact that it has now been revealed by the media that Aaron Rodgers uh, was never vaccinated. The left is complaining and saying Aaron Rodgers lied because when he was asked during training camp before this NFL season started, he said that he was vaccinated. That is, in fact, is in fact the lie. Aaron Rodgers said he was immunized. He didn't say he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized. And there is a difference because, as we know, the big pharma profit jabs do not immunize you anyway. The vaccines don't vaccinate you against infection. They tell you that what it really does is it just means if you get infected while being vaccinated, the, the, the uh, symptoms won't be so severe. Now, as time has gone on, we have come to find out that is also a lie. Because hospitals are filled with people who have been double vaccinated and in hospitals with COVID. Also, the number of deaths from COVID while double vaccinated have skyrocketed. So everything they've told you about the quote-unquote vaccines that are not vaccines, that are big pharma profit shots, nothing more, nothing less, big pharma profit shots, everything they've told you is wrong. Well, Aaron Rodgers is challenging all of that, and the left is trying to cancel him and his career. And Aaron Rodgers, who did not get to play in his team's game yesterday because he's in the COVID protocol, which is expected and normal, and this is what happens no matter whether you're vaccinated or not. When you get COVID, you have to do this. But he didn't sit there and take all of this lying down. On Friday, Aaron Rodgers went on the offensive, and he told the truth about the media, about the cancel culture, and about the left-wing woke mob going for him on a witch hunt and against people like him who are not vaccinated. He appeared on uh, a radio-slash-TV show, the Pat McAfee Show, which is a sports program. And among a number of other things, um, he went after the left for their hypocrisy on vaccines. Quote, I would play it for you. I have it here, but he drops a couple of F-bombs in it, and I don't have it cleaned up yet. So, quote, when Trump in 2020 was championing these vaccines that were coming so quick, what did the left say? And I'm talking about every member of the left. Don't trust the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. You're going to die from the vaccine. And then what happened? Biden wins and everything flips. Shouldn't that initially give you a little bit of pause? Isn't this blank about health and not about politics? Uh, He went on to say and talk about Kamala Harris and about uh, uh, left-wing members of the media were the ones who were skeptics under Trump who turned vaccine promoters under Biden, saying now those same people are conducting a witch hunt, and they are out to, quote, shame and denigrate every single person who is unvaccinated. It's so political. Rogers is right. He went on to take the people to task, the media to task, saying that he lied about being vaccinated. He said he never lied. He said he was immunized. Quote, everyone on the squad knew I was not not vaccinated. Everyone in the organization knew I wasn't vaccinated. I wasn't hiding it from anybody. He said he wanted the issue to go away and avoid chattering about it because it's nobody else's business. And he's right. Rogers added 
that he, the left is, quote, really going to hate the fact that I'm 48 hours since testing positive, and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, uh, and of course, Joe Rogan went through you know a huge media firestorm because he got po- tested positive with COVID and uh, took a bunch of ivermectin and was healthy in two three days. Roger said, "I've been doing a lot of the same stuff that Rogan recommended, and I'm going to have the best possible immunity now." He said, "I'm also doing, and this is the same thing that I do." He said, "Also, I'm taking uh, other therapeutics, including zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, and monoclonal antibodies, and I feel pretty incredible." In other words, COVID didn't affect him without the big pharma profit profit shot. COVID was beaten down by ivermectin and by his probiotics and antioxidants that he is taking. And that's it. And now that he has had COVID, he has the best possible immunity now. And what's going to happen when he reports back to the Packers after his protocol ends? They're going to demand that he get vaccinated anyway. Because they do not care about the actual science of immunization and inoculation. They care that you fall in line and do what you're told. It's not about science. It's about compliance. Get your science compliance T-shirt right now at alwayswrite.us. Alwayswrite.us. I'm not kidding about that. We made them. I'm selling them. And I want everybody to wear the truth. USA Today reported on Aaron Rodgers the following. Rogers said he had been tested daily per NFL protocol and said he was in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. So before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture casket, I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the blatant lies out there. I tested for COVID over 300 times before testing for possible positive, and I probably got it from a vaccinated player. End quote. Aaron Rodgers is a hero. Not because he's a great quarterback, but he is willing to battle all of it. Team Brandon, uh, the media, uh, the woke NFL, woke NFL leadership, people like Terry Bradshaw. Who? You mean the former Steeler quarterback turned NFL pregame show clown? Yeah, that Terry Bradshaw. Listen to Dr. Bradshaw lay out the, the advice that he gives for Aaron Rodgers. I, one, I'd give Aaron Rodgers some advice. It would have been nice if he had just come to the Naval Academy and learned how to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, that's a cheap pop because they were doing their show from the Naval Academy on Sunday, but continue. Learn, learn not to lie because that's what you did, Aaron. You lied to everyone. I understand immunized. What you were doing was taking stuff. That would keep you from getting COVID-19. You got COVID-19. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. We are a divided nation politically. We're a divided nation on the COVID-19, whether or not to take the vaccine. And unfortunately, we've got players that pretty much think only about themselves. And I'm extremely disappointed. Dr. Bradshaw wants you to know that Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Dr. Bradshaw doesn't want you to know that Ivermectin was developed for humans, and won the Nobel Prize for the doctors who created it. That also has an application for fighting off parasites in livestock. It has been used in human beings billions, not not millions, billions of times. It is not only safe for humans, it is very effective in humans for a variety of reasons many of them are covid related but the cdc tells you no 
The FDA says, uh-uh. Pfizer and Moderna say, that's crazy talk. That's horse dewormer. That's cattle dewormer. That doesn't work in humans. Why do they say that? Because they don't make a nickel off of a COVID patient who recovers from using ivermectin. They don't make profit unless they give profit shots. And they don't care how safe or not safe the profit shots are. Which is why they admit, we'll find out how safe they are after we start giving them. Profit, profit, profit. That's all they are concerned about. And I want to end this segment with a quote from Representative Thomas Massey, who said this about Joe Brandon's, Go Brandon's mandate. Quote, Anyone who believes a U.S. president can unilaterally impose a medical treatment on all Americans as a condition of employment is constitutionally illiterate and morally bankrupt. Congressman Massey, that is spot on, and I thank you, sir. I'll be right back. Okay, 1056, let's wrap it with a couple of phone calls this morning. Chris is in Brexville. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Chris, go right ahead. Hey, Bob, uh, I just want to point out, Car and Driver magazine in July and August uh, uh, put out a lot of facts on EVs, and here are some of the downfalls. Uh, Towing, don't do it. Don't do any towing. Even like jet skis, you lose 50% of your battery uh, life doing that. Fast charging degrades the battery faster. Uh, there's a 12 volt. There's also a 12 volt battery accessory battery in these cars, and if that degrades or or dies, you can't charge the car without replacing it. So you'll need a new one of those. <laughs> um, d- don't try to fix it yourself. They're too dangerous. You'll get electrocuted. They recommend you only charge it 80 to 90 percent. So you can't get the 300 miles that they tell you because they don't want you charging it because the battery goes bad. That's right. Uh, same, thing in a com- same thing in a computer. They tell you not to yeah. uh, charge your phone or your computer over 90% because it, it kills the battery when you do. Yeah, and um, then they did a cost analysis on two Volkswagens, one uh, that was full full EV, and even with the $7,500 tax credit, it was more costly after five years to run the, run the electric car by about $1,500 Plus, the five after five years, the value of the electric car is thirty-two percent versus forty-one percent uh, for the uh, gas-powered car wow. right now. Of course, that could change. This and is great had, info. Where, where did you say you got this yeah, car and driver? The, it's it's about time that somebody did this. Yeah, it's called EV of the Year. It's called Car and Driver Magazine. It's the July August edition, and they they picked the Mustang as the EV of the Year in it. They also did a 1,000-mile trip starting in Ann Arbor, Michigan, with 11 cars. And at the end of it, everybody that participated said one thing, never again would I do a 1,000-mile trip with an EV. Wow. (laughs) It's unbelievable. 
And then there's then there's a little. I found it. Note. No, I've got to I've got to go here. I'm up against it, Chris. Thanks for the call. I, I found it by the way as you were talking. Carandriver dot com EV of the year. I'm going to read all of the facts that he just shared with us, and I'll make sure to to spotlight those on another show, probably as early as tomorrow. Uh, real quick to uh, another Brexville call, Jerry. You're on the air, Jerry. Go ahead. Yes, Bob. If you checked the plain dealer yesterday, they had an article on why an electric battery is so expensive, and it tells you about the five metals that goes into that. It costs $650 to install, to uh, buy a rechargeable thing, and it costs anywhere from 400 to $3,000 to have it installed. And one other thing, Bob, uh, we cannot take another three years of Mr. Brandon and his Brandon Minion. I agree with you 100%, Jerry. I've got to go I'm up against the end of the show. Great information. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.